Hi, it's Michael Kerr here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, I interview a fellow small business owner or an expert, and they share their stories, their lived experiences, the wins and the losses, and their best advice to help you, the listener, get the most you can from your own business. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And thanks also to Kerr Capital, supporters of the show. So uh, welcome this morning to another edition of Small Business Banter Radio and Podcast. Uh, great to have in this morning, Philip Volk. Uh, morning, Philip. G'day, Michael. Good to uh, to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's excellent. I'm really looking forward to our discussion um, on succession planning or exit planning, um, you know, for, for SME owners, which you're... Um, uh, doing a lot of work in, but um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just to set the scene, g- give us a little bit about you currently run four businesses, um, and and a succession planning business is a, is a key one of those. But if you could give us a little bit of a rundown on your background to set us up, and then we'll get rip, uh, get into um, a discussion on succession planning. Yeah, okay, thanks, Michael. Um, look, I grew up in the country. Um, my dad um, started as an apprentice printer and uh, ended up. Um, managing and then building some of the biggest printing companies in Australia. So I guess the sort of business gene was inherited. Um, I started my first business when I was uh, 16. It was a business called Fim Foam, um, imaginatively named as a conjunction of my name, Philip, and my friend's name, Tim. Uh, we, we cut um, uh, blanks of foam, which we got from Franklin Caravans, into packing for... Uh, uh, the local tool and die making company, and to set the business up, we had an old door, a um, couple of bits of pine, and some nichrome wire. And um, Tim's dad was the uh, city engineer, so we were able to on weekends get the battery charger, the truck battery charger from the local council depot, to make the nichrome wire hot, and then uh, hot, and then we cut the um, cut the phone. So that was my first business. Excellent, and and now you've got four. <laughs> yeah, look, I went away and joined the army. Um, right. Learned uh, a lot about people, about leadership, about process, um, about management. Had no real commercial experience. Probably the most commercial thing I did was audit the wine cellar in the officers' mess. Um, <laughs> and I spent twenty years in the army, and it was really, actually, a very, very good background for the sorts of stuff that I do now. And that. I really learnt a lot about people and, you know, so from leading soldiers to talking to generals. Um, yeah, and the businesses yeah. I own now are actually all around uh, wealth, but I don't mean necessarily in a money sense. Um, I actually mean, you know, wealth in terms of uh, what, are you, what are you getting out of life. So, Just give us a quick, yeah, run, run down on, on the three of them because they're all the 
other than the succession planning yep. one because they're all quite related. Yeah. So uh, probably the long one that I've been in the longest is um, a business called Horizons Wealth and we're personal wealth advisors. The way we describe that is we co-steward the dreams of about 350 families um, uh, and we help them to dream again and then connect their money with their dreams. Um, another business is a back office business for financial planning businesses in Sri Lanka. So uh, that came out of a mentoring relationship I had with a young fellow that worked for me in one of the businesses and he went back to Sri Lanka and wanted me to help him um, get that started. So that's, you know, a successful business was in that for about 10 years. Uh, I've been coaching businesses for about 15 years, so coached several hundred businesses, mostly in the financial planning and accounting space, but latterly in other areas as well. And then there's the succession planning business. So we found that when we were coaching businesses, we were doing a lot of succession planning. Uh, and then so we joined with Succession Plus. So Succession Plus is a national organisation, um, fastest growing and probably the most prominent succession-focused business in Australia. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I yeah. track them closely and know them and obviously know you well. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing a terrific job of leading the charge. And it is, you know, the the area of succession planning for small businesses is one that um, gets quite a bit of, I guess, negative attention in, in a sense because a lot of owners uh, by most of the stats that come out haven't really got around to doing formal or timely succession planning so is that yeah. is that a fair assessment of them that's the absolutely market? right um yeah that's absolutely right so the majority of business owners um don't uh, deliberately succeed out of their businesses mostly it's accidental um yeah and so what tends to happen is they get so wrapped up and, and we know how small business owners work and think we we are that so we know how passionate we get about um, our businesses and it becomes a part of our identity. And so, you know, a lot of small business owners can't even conceive of what is it that I'm going to do when I stop doing this. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, businesses, um, they don't succession plan and the way in which the succession happens is not always a good experience for the owner or for the staff or the clients. Yeah, it's it's a terrible experience, you know, when it's when it's completely unplanned. Um yeah. So there are a couple of things you mentioned there. Um, uh, one of which is owners, and we love small business. That's why we why we do yep. this program to to bring more quality of, um, experts and and perspectives on small business. But people get very caught up in the day to day. So I, it's understandable that starting a succession plan you know can look like a, another major project and I'll you know so, something to put off until tomorrow but also this this um idea of identity and what do I do afterwards I, I think that's a particularly important one because for a lot of owners who have been in businesses for 20 or 30 years it very much defines them and um, and you understand why you know the the, the thought of not having that, <laughs> Uh, in yep. in your life can be, you know, can be another reason to say, well, look, I'll, I'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. A bit like, um, you know, if you bring it back to something that we should all be doing, but many of us don't, is actually having our own estate plan, our own will. Uh, and it's, no, I'm, I'm here for a, for a long time. It's And it's actually difficult for me to think about or conceive of me not being here. And by actually having to do, 
you know, your own personal estate planning that actually brings it front and centre. And I think that's the same for small business owners. Um, if I don't address it and I don't think about it, then it's not a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. But it becomes a problem. Yeah, it does. Um, what, what what would you be saying to those owners listening in that 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 are thinking about succession planning? What What's like a, um, you know, could you draw on some experience of, you know, those accidental or um, unplanned exits that really hit home for you where the owner perhaps said, look, I, if I had my time again, I'd do something quicker. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Um, let's take the positive step as, you know, we work in both the um, personal wealth space but also the succession business wealth, if you like, business planning. And whenever someone does some financial advice with us, the the predominant thing that they say afterwards is, well, two things. Firstly, um, gee, I'm really relieved. I've got a plan. And secondly, um, I wish I'd done that 10 years earlier. And I think that translates really well into the small business space as well. Um, you need a plan and you need to start as early as you possibly can or you're going to end up in um, an invol- what we would call an involuntary succession. So the older you get, um, statistically, it is much, much more likely that you'll have an involuntary succession. Uh, one of the businesses we're working with at the moment, um, one of the partners is financial advice business. He is 85. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of changes happening in the regulatory environment. And, uh, you know, he was was not wanting to be a part of any sort of succession plan because of, um, he saw himself as the business. So, yeah. Um, start early is the big the big message, I think. Yeah, start early. Um, can you talk about at a just at a high level for the minute what's involved in a succession plan? And I'm assuming we can use the term exit planning, you know, interchangeably with succession planning. I don't want to get too technical, but yeah. maybe um, if I describe the sort of the process, the succession planning process, if it's done properly, um, and then a part of that is the exit planning. So. The first, let's just talk about the five sort of major steps is firstly, you've got to identify what value you've got in the business. So, you know, what's it worth? What are the gaps? Uh, And then secondly, it's how do you protect that value? Because the issue with most small businesses is is that if the founder and owner isn't there, um, the business either um, will fail to grow um, or won't be there. You know, they are the business. So that's about pr- protecting the value. So de-risking the business by actually creating, uh, using the resources that are in the business or bringing resources in so that the business continues independent of the owner. Yeah, I think that's, you know, in a practical sense, it's in the work I do, it's the biggest single factor. Yeah. Um, what happens when the owner leaves to the business? It's a really good comment. I see it time and time again. Uh, and in my own businesses, um, I've over the last four or five years been very deliberate about um, recruiting and training uh, people. And, and, you know, the, the training in business is not that difficult. The thing which most of them don't get is leadership training, so training them how to be better leaders. So... First step, we said, was identify the value. What's it worth? Second is protect the value. And then it's how do you um, maximise the value in the business? And you need time to do that. There are often things, in fact, almost inevitably things which can get tidied up to make the business more valuable and more likely to be successful. 
Um, so, uh, which is one of the reasons why, the, it, it, when we say, and we both know from a lot of experience that you need a, you need time to properly succession plan, and and one of them, one of the key reasons is, um, you, you know, there's that you go through all the steps that you're part way through, but um, you you often see where things can can be improved or need to be fixed before it's sellable. So that's yep. that's just why it, that you can't just flip it around in a month. It's it's no. we're, we're talking years, really, aren't we? To when yeah. we do it do it well and properly. Yeah. Look, and the sooner you start, the better off. Um, the wealth business that I started, um, I uh, I was fifty when we started. Um, then I had partners that were in their forties and thirties or late twenties. So I actually built the succession planning to the partners that um, I chose. I chose them not just for their ages but also for their character and the fact that we actually liked each other and were able to work together. So we have in that business, um, you know, always had a succession plan and are now working towards executing that. So, yeah. That- that's that's the foresight there is, you know, is, is quite striking, you know, that, you know, starting a business and having in mind, you know, where it might go. I mean, I think that in an ideal world that would be what everybody does, but most typically I, I expect you're dealing with owners who have found themselves in business and have gotten 20, 25 years yeah. down the track and, are, you know, are, are looking at doing other things. And pretty typically in those sorts of businesses you end up with, you know, the owner at sort of the right-hand end of the scale in terms of experience and impact and then he's got a bunch of people working for him, but there's a pretty significant gap often between the owner and the people that are working for him or her. And because I haven't done the leadership training and the development of those people to actually create the next generation of leaders in their business, and you need to be deliberate about that. You know, that's a part of the you know, protecting value or de-risking the business. It's making sure that the, the rubber band between the owner and the people you know, actually doing the work in the business or most of the work in the business has not stretched too far. Yeah, I, I, I expect also probably that your um, the work you do with on leadership is is partly about getting owners ready to to make yeah. that leap themselves and and yeah, yeah you know, yes, me- ment- mentoring and um, actually letting go. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's right. But I think. Those conversations are actually really well um, uh, executed by financial advisors. So, you know, it's the financial advisor that's saying to the, that's asking the, um, you know, the, the business owner, you know, what's important in life to you? Um, and what do you actually want to do um, that you don't have time to do at the moment? And then beginning to do some experiments and free up time to do that creates, uh, if you like, an alternate vision of the future for the owner. Yeah, you sparked something. Sorry, by the way, on today's edition of Small Business Banter Radio, we're talking with Philip Volk from, amongst other things, uh, a partner in Succession Plus. Philip, you were just about to, I think, jump into one uh, another um, of your steps in the process. Yeah, I might just give an outline of the five steps and then we'll put exit planning sort of in context. So. We've spoken about identifying value, how much is the business worth, um, what are the gaps in it, protecting the value, how do we actually um, cover some of those gaps, what are those gaps that we need to cover. Um, So maximising the value, 
So it's a continuation of of the protecting the value. So it's identifying how much does the individual business owner need to get out of the business and how do we cover that gap between what it's currently worth and uh, what he needs or she needs to actually get out of it financially. And then that can um, drive some of the, uh, the different exit strategies that we might have. Fourth one is really where the, if you like, the exit event occurs, which is the extract value. So it's the liquidity event or the transaction. And then the fifth one um, is how do you manage the value? So sort of two sides to that, manage the value in the existing business if the owner stays partially in it, but also manage the personal wealth that the um, that has been uh, derived from the from the extraction event or the exit. In your experience, are, are um, most businesses able to be improved with the right time and advice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what happens is as business owners, we get sort of really head down, bum up in the business. We spend a lot of time working in rather than on the business. Uh, I know that seems glib, um, but um, we find that most owners um, are actually blind to some of the things that can uh, that can be done reasonably simply to improve the value of the business. Uh, and the challenge is, is a lot of a lot of those challenges are around them not thinking of what their alternative future is, you know, and how do I actually get people trained and recruited um, and upskilled to take over some of the roles that I that the owner would currently have. Yeah, it's um it, it's quite fascinating. This um again, it comes back to being so deeply involved in the business that the business is what it is to the owner at the time, and and then you know you go through a process of selling, preparing the business, selling the business, and you find that each often each uh, buyer that comes in sees it very differently. They've got they've got their own unique um, yep. circumstance, and I think one of the the keys when you get to that phase of exiting out of the business, selling it, um, it's understanding that how you see your business could be you know, quite different to you know the value it might bring to different kinds of buyers. It's it's it astounds me every time. Yeah, well, you, you've seen it a lot, haven't you? I think one of the things too which we get great joy out of is um, when we see some sort of internal succession or a part of the succession is, is actually internal. You may have another investor or owner coming in, but by actually working with the, um, with the staff in the business and creating what we call an ownership mindset, so helping them to understand how do I think and act like an owner? What are the tools that we put in place to allow them to uh, improve the processes and upskill themselves? And, and what are the financial rewards and how do we link those financial rewards from the business back to these um, staff that can become um, you know, minority owners through the business? And we've got various uh, uh, structures we can use to do that. Yeah, look, it's a, I think it's a real trend in um, from the owner's perspective, and that you know, a key team of staff um, are a natural buyer of the business. You cut out a lot of things that you would go through if you had to sell externally. So they, but you introduce a you know a different set of issues, and you know the one that that was um, particularly interesting is this owner mindset, and it's 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 one thing to be a really excellent employee 
but another to to continue to be that and and take on you know put another hat on as as owner and um, at risk you know of the business. When you sort of dive into businesses, you start coaching, consulting, coaching them, consulting with them. Um, you often find that the answers, in fact, almost always find that the answers for the problems are in the business. Uh, the answers are in the staff. And it's freeing them up to actually uh, understand and be able to provide those answers and for the owner to be able to do something with them. Um, one of the, there's a, a series of steps, what we call a ladder to equity, where, you know, you might have a bonus and some profit share. And then at the top end, um, some of the staff actually owning the business either directly or through an employee share ownership plan, which is a very, very tax effective way of um, uh, transferring control, some control or all control. So the all takes some time, um, but transferring control um, and for the owner to actually get uh, their money out of or the money that they need out of the business. And does that create an environment where where the owner doesn't necessarily need to, to get out in one hit? They can they can stay involved, which can be good for them, can be good for the 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 team buying in. Spot on. That's exactly what happens. So as the uh, as the team takes more responsibility, um, the owner. Um, and, and often what they give up is stuff they don't like doing. And so what we've found is that the business um, actually continues to accelerate its growth because the owner is focused on stuff that they do like doing. They prolong their time in the business. But it's often the real value-adding stuff, the, the rainmaking um, side of things, so finding new clients and that sort of thing. But if they're not having to do all of the uh, processing or manufacturing-type work, they've got other people doing that. Um, it keeps their wisdom in the business longest, which works for the business and also for the owner. Yeah, it's a bit. It's um, taking a step away and, and looking at what the business needs by way of employees, and and if you can relieve, you know, f- focus any any individual employee on what they're best at, the the business you know benefits. Uh, yeah. com- well, that's we talked a lot about internal succession, and that's you know, absolutely. Uh, one of the ways to go, but there's also external succession. But there's also a mix where you can actually do some internal succession so that the business can be run what we would call under management. So someone could come in and, um, you know, invest in the business as, a, as an investor or as an owner-operator, but but the key staff are actually tied in and that's a good way of actually doing it through an, an employee share ownership plan or some sort of equity plan. Okay. All right. Um, what What's... Um What's your couple of top tips for right now? We're, we're in challenging times. Is that is that really making a difference to the way businesses are selling, or is it still about getting on with um, your exit, uh, your succession planning? There's a couple of things happening. Um, the current times have created um, headwinds for some businesses and tailwinds for others. It's a business we're working with, which runs. Um, major events or provides the infrastructure and support for major events, well, that's obviously a real challenge for them at the moment in that they're unable to actually, you know, run those events, whereas there are other businesses, for example, a textiles business which provides supplies for uh, people making quilts, which has just gone gangbusters. So the businesses have, you know, it's 
and there's not a lot in the middle, it's either going really well or not so well. What it's also done, and this tends to happen in um, economic downturns, is you know, when there's another set of stresses on the business, those business owners that are um, a, a bit, you know, getting towards closer to the end than the beginning will say, look, I've had enough of this, we need to, we need to find a way to get out of here. Um, but, you know, what you don't want to do is run out of puff as a business owner and have the market choose the time um, or there, for there to be an involuntary succession because, firstly, you're, not, you're unlikely to get what the business is really worth to you and, secondly, it's not, not as likely to be a successful succession in terms of the business continuing. Yeah, so um, you, you can see why it, it, it just needs time. Uh, and I'd encourage all you know all owners listening in to you know to to, to take that in because um, there's a lot that can be done with good advice and time. With in terms of um, succession planning as a profession is quite um, unique. I, I you know it's it's emerging strongly. Uh, succession Plus are doing a you know a great job. So um, I, one thing I've always found is um, for owners is you know be. Pick your advisors well, you know. You know, it's not uh, succession planning, selling a business, exit planning is not um, a routine. Or you know, the people that do that kind of work um, and the best ones do it all the time and do it for their own living. So you know, just be mindful of that, Philip. We're unfortunately out of time. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I, I think that's incredibly instructional, and and you've you've laid out for us uh, and owners, um, you know. A pretty compelling case to you know to to start the process. So, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. And just you know, biggest tip for business owners is get started on your succession plan and do it early, as early as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. And um, if you look, by all means, shout out the you know if they wanted to you know make contact with you, it's six successionplus.com. Yeah. yeah. So um, my business partner and I, Vicky. Vicky Massey and myself, Philip Bolt, would be very, very happy to have a chat with you and just see where you're at and what we can do. Yeah. Find someone that you've got chemistry with, you know, that yeah. you feel like you can trust because it's a journey. But also find someone that does this um, a lot. You only get one chance to sell your business. Yeah, do it, do it properly. So uh, that's that's a great way to finish. Thanks for again for your time, Philip. Good on you, Michael. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Take care. So that is all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. I continue to be inspired bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. If you want to listen to any past episode, jump onto your podcast platform of choice and search Small Business Banter. There you will find a diverse and fascinating collection of small business owners and experts openly discussing and sharing their experiences. For any of the links, resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact me, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And it would be great to have you tune in the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.